0: Hello, and welcome to IAOP's podcast series, Pulsecast, where we explore topics big and small in a world of collaborative partnerships. Thank you for joining us, and now the host of Pulsecast. Hello, everyone. My name is Debbie Hamill, CEO of IOP, and welcome to the third in a series of conversations I am having with our partners on pressing issues affecting all of us in 2022 and beyond. Today, I have the privilege of sitting down with Sandrine Asarov. A lawyer by trade, Sandrine joined WebHelp in 2015 as Group General Counsel, where she's been an instrumental part of the group's international development. In 2020, she was appointed Group Managing Director, North America, and ESG. Based in Miami, she's driven by a strong focus on people development and creating sustainable impact for WebHelp stakeholders. Before her time at WebHelp, Sandrine practiced as an M&A lawyer at Capgemini, and at Wilkie, Farr & Gallagher in Paris and in New York. In February 2022, with Sandrine at the helm, WebHelp was named a leading impact sourcing provider and received the Global Impact Sourcing Award presented by IOP in partnership with the Rockefeller Foundation. Sandrine is also a valued member of IOP's Center for Social Impact. So now let's get started. First, welcome Sandrine, may I ask you to expand a little on your own background and how you came to focus on the environmental, social and governance aspect.
1: Well, thank you so much for having me, uh, Debbie, and, uh, and sharing, sharing my allowing me to share my passion with uh, with everyone listening to that podcast. We are very passionate at AIOP and we're very grateful for the, the changes you're bringing in our environment uh, around impact. I've I've always been passionate about impact without really realizing it as a as a as a young children, I, I was a young child, I was usually writing letters to the President to say what needed to be changed in our society to improve our society that came back to me recently actually. And, uh, I remembered I remembered that it was something that always mattered to me I have uh, volunteered for many, many years uh, for hospital fundraising for pediatric centers. Uh, wherever I was based and really trying to see. Uh, and it was important because it was already a little bit of a link between um, acting for a cause, but beyond that, it was related to skilling. It was about giving access to more uh, medical studies, giving access to more research and through that uh, supporting peace efforts and health. And when I joined WebHelp, I, I really realized that it was the perfect platform through our BPO commitment, through a B, you know, people-intensive business was the perfect platform to have the broadest impact possible because we recruit thousands of people every month, every year, and we can give them access, not just to job opportunities because that's what we do as an employer, but there's more we can do. And that's where I realized this is the perfect system, you know, where you can really think about it more adamantly and, and think about how can you proactively Um, be playing a role. And my first encounter at WebL with Impact Hiring was when I traveled to South Africa just a few months after uh, joining the group. And that's when I met for the first time uh, the Harambee organization. We're traveling with a client who was already partnering with the Harambee model. And then we started building uh, the model together that was implemented in South Africa. And meeting with those young adults who had joined the Harambee program. And I remember that young lady, um, she was telling her story about coming from the Soweto township, and her being unemployed for three years, had two kids that she was uh, raising by herself with the support of her parents, she was feeling terribly guilty for not allowing their parent, her parents to be working and, uh, and bringing a salary home while she was struggling to find a job. And uh, she came across Harambi, and uh, Harambi started, you know, training her and including her in the Webel program. And she was telling her story about how she went on that journey to then be recruited by Webel, and then becoming a team leader at Webel, and how passionate she was—not just about Webel, but also about the initiative, as it was, because what she, she was describing is the lack of role models in her environment. And how Harambe and Webel gave us gave her access to role models of people she wanted to, you know, she would look up to, ask for advice, and aim at in terms of ambition and and potential.
0: Wow, yeah, Harambe uh, also was awarded the Global Impact Sourcing Award way five years ago when we first started. Uh, that's a wonderful story, and you know, you and I have talked a lot about the importance. Of impact sourcing and how it relates to the future of work, and how we can do so much more living with the uh, doing well by doing good. So, mm-hmm. thank you very much for that. It's a pretty amazing story. Mm-hmm. So, I have another question. As a global outsourcer operating in over 55 countries, WebHelp is uniquely placed to implement scalable impact sourcing practices. However, creating an adaptable, impactful, and globally scalable model across multiple delivery locations is less common. Can you tell us about your impact sourcing model and how you scaled it globally?
1: With pleasure. Uh, and I know uh, I already told you a lot and that's uh, true the Impact Award. And uh, and I know that we, we we were enthusiastic about sharing something that we think is is just the beginning of the journey, but the the underlying idea was to say we tried with Harambi first, and we saw the model works. And not only does it work in terms of social impact when you look at the positive impact from um, the person, the person herself or himself or themselves, but also the households, the social progress that you allow, but also how it it performs from a business case point of view. And um, and if you look at the numbers, uh, it's a win-win situation for all our stakeholders, for our shareholders, for our clients, for the company, and number one, for our people. So starting from that model, then we said, do we want to impose the same journey to all our countries? Because the ambition was really to say, all our countries should be playing a role in our impact hiring initiatives. And for that, we really thought, should we go to all of them and say this is the target group uh, that we want to aim at, so that we can measure that impact throughout the group? And and we thought we started interviewing a lot of people. First of all, they all told us, but we already do impact hiring because it's part of our DNA. That's how WebUp was built with that ambition of unlocking the potential of as many people as possible. And the second thing they said is that it was very interesting to see. And I'm sorry for saying things simply or bluntly, but impact hiring is not a topic for developing countries. It's a topic for everyone, wherever you are, from the Nordic countries to South Africa, from Latin America to Spain, everywhere we're seeing the benefit of impact hiring. And so for that, we listened to them a lot in all our countries and, and we told them, where do you want to have an impact? What do you think are, the marginalized or underrepresented groups where you want to you know bring a benefit and create an opportunity and so we let each country decide what was the most relevant action and group that they wanted to reach out to and build bridges with in order to be impactful locally and that's how we that's how we really built that model with the same ambition everywhere so the framework was based on a number in each country and saying there needs to be a percentage that each country is going to commit to. So that's what they gave us. And they committed for the first year to 5% of impactful recruitments for 2021. And they've actually overachieved that target already. So in 2021, we recruited nearly 5,000 people, 4,400 exactly, uh, people through impact hiring initiatives throughout many of our countries. And the ambition is to, first of all, increase that percentage but also start measuring other things. And I know at AOP, you're familiar with the standards around how do you measure the positive impact beyond the recruitment? And that's really what we want to increase as well.
0: Yeah, thank you so much for that. You spoke a lot about, in fact, your presentation was focused on scaling impact sourcing globally uh, when you presented it last February at our virtual summit. So anyone listening to this podcast that is available, if you'd like to listen to and see um, Sandrine when she presented. Uh, It was such a really, really impactful uh, way to put it. So another question, can you talk a little bit about the importance of skill-based training and why it's so important for the future of work?
1: Yeah, you know what we're seeing is really interesting because as we prove to our clients that impact hiring works, because we always and I hope we can talk about it more, but we absolutely and always partner with our partners uh, in building those models. But as as they are, you know, as they're proving their case, if I can call it like that, uh, there's more and more appetite for additional skilling and saying, okay, you know what, why don't we do a dedicated program for this or that vertical? So we started building some dedicated programs for maybe the retail sector or for the telco sector or for the digital sector. And and we've seen a lot of opportunities to really add a layer of skilling and of training and of certification and thus of career development to the people that we've onboarded in those dedicated programs. And the second trend I think that that will be interesting to see is everything that has to do with the web three and the metaverse. Because I, I believe this is an incredible opportunity for us through those impact programs to really contribute to the digital skilling of more and more people. Mm-hmm. And those are going to be the topics that a lot of them uh, will, will need to focus on, will need to be skilled on to have access to more job opportunities. So I think this is going to be a very interesting trend. in, in And I adamantly want to contribute to that effort of digital skilling from head to toe. Um, so, I mean, as an illustration, for example, in Spain, we partner with an organization called MigraCode and MigraCode um, reaches out to refugee community, communities uh, in Spain and gives them access to digital training, software development and digital skilling. And then we recruit them in specialized programs. And, and if I may add, I think for us, it's also very consistent with what our foundation does. We have a Think Human Foundation that supports four children, uh, so under 16, digital skilling and, um, and social abilities. And I think we're it, it makes it very consistent for us in, in seeing how we can contribute to specializing them and getting them ready for the economic world of tomorrow.
0: So you seem to be single-handedly solving the, the war for talent. <laughs>
1: I wish I I want us all to get together and to think this is how we need to do it. Let's do it all together because we have, we have a responsibility. We know we, we are accountable for doing it.
0: That's amazing. Uh, Thanks so much for that. Uh, So that is a trend you're talking about. Do you have other impact sourcing trends um, that you might be seeing in work with your clients?
1: We're, we're, we are, and I'm, I'm gonna try to say, say that simply, but we're seeing probably two trends, the geos and the, and, the, and the professional specialties. So the professional specialties, I think I talked about a little bit, but they're very eager. And I know we're seeing that broadly um, in, in all the large companies of the world, especially in the tech space. Um, where they need more people. I mean, the great resignation happened to everyone, you know, and, uh, and I'm hearing so many people telling me, I cannot find the talents that I need. And we're hearing so many clients telling us that, that I think there's a whole notion, that notion of bridge is actually even more relevant now than it was before, because everybody needs the talents of tomorrow. So in that sense, I think there's really a a notion of specialty and I think the digital skilling, the tech skilling is really going to be a a big focus on that. The second thing is geos. I I think we have an incredible opportunity to help our clients establish in new countries where they would like to expand and play an impactful role. And this is what we want to do. And we can really do it together in new geographies or new countries that they see as as new markets for them that we see as new places where we can work with them and where we can have a positive impact together and probably countries that weren't always looked at as bpo countries that are you know less explored and that uh, and uh, and we can contribute together to probably making continents or countries evolve all together but just if i may add debbie and you know you know me about that is like we need we need everybody's help so yeah. The problem is it's very costly and uh, everybody should make an effort. We are absolutely convinced that we need to invest and this is part of our commitment. But I also know that uh, we would very much like that we, that's why I like the notion of partnership is I think we need to partner together around that impact. And the more we partner, the more we partner in investing and the more impactful we will be. Yeah, oh, I couldn't agree more.
0: That is absolutely true. Um, two more questions. So the long-term value of impact sourcing often outweighs the barriers, like getting clients on board to invest. you have kind of talked a little bit about that. How much value can this practice bring to communities and what are the limitations for corporations or is, is that
1: really cost? Um, so the simple number value in terms of communities. Um, If you compare UNESCO's numbers and other organizations numbers, you might find the gap. But overall, what you're seeing is that one person having access to a job can positively impact between four and 11 people in the household. So I would say that's really point number one. Point number two of that holistic system is that, of course, you contribute to supporting The economy, you know, the ecosystem, the local ecosystem. So that means also trying to partner with um, suppliers that are smaller organizations locally, that where you can help them develop as well, because they become part of your ecosystem. Then uh, you look at all the partners that are with the company, and that goes back to the holistic system of saying you don't you don't want to look at it as just recruitment, you know, or just training. Because it's the, the system works if you look at it more broadly of saying, okay, we start with the, the training, then the hiring, then what can we do as an employer to continue to positively impact people? And that means supporting them. So sometimes it will be just making sure they have access to transportation, to be coming to the office. Uh, having access to canteens every day at work to make sure they don't need to um, commute twice a day, making sure that you have enough flexibility to accommodate the, the personal times of people with specific constraints, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So as an employer, that's that's really an impactful piece that makes it possible on the long term. And, and as an employer, you also have a duty of thinking. You want people to join you, but to leave with something else than what they came with. And So it's about unlocking the existing potential, but also creating the potential for the future. And for that, the career development, continuing to accompany the people who join us to those programs, making sure they feel included and making sure you continue to give them access to additional training, not just those game changers, everyone is how we are going to be an impactful employer on the long run. And this is the holistic system that has a positive impact. Then in terms of trying to address, how do you build the model? you know, How do you finance the model? How do you make sure that the model is efficient? I am absolutely convinced, but I've also been convinced by many people who are much more specialized than I am in those ecosystems is that the way the model works is if we partner all together. So we look at it as governments partnering together with NGOs who help us So if you you look at it differently, like you partner with the NGOs that will help you reach out to the underrepresented and marginalized communities that you wanna wanna touch and that you want to help. You partner with the governments to get access to either specific support programs, subsidies, recognition, visibility, that will help you really um, make the program possible beyond our own investment but also give the visibility and the recognition so that if you're looking for certifications, for example, they can give you access to that. And then you need to partner with the clients, call them partners as well, you know, and uh, making sure they're fully aligned with the ambition, making sure they're happy with it, that they're fully supportive, that they wanna be part of it, and probably, hopefully building a model where the governments, the NGOs, and the clients each invest sometimes all differently, but all invest into the same fruitful system.
0: Wow, uh, you really just answered my last question, I think, which was, you know, do you have advice for people who may want to uh, look to implement uh, this practice within their own organization? And, and you've really talked a lot about that. If there were one or two specific things you
1: would say, what would they be? Um, I would say, don't be too prescriptive because the way i've seen it work is by letting people allowing people to be passionate about it in all our countries all our game changers who contribute to those programs but also those who witness it are passionate about it and they're proud of it and uh and they make it happen and they're the ones to make it happen you know i'm just their speaker you know i'm just representing them but they're the ones who do the work and i have a huge recognition for their incredible achievements uh, since we started that program. So let it come from everyone. Let let everybody own it and let it come from everyone. And the second thing I would say is those are huge efforts for the teams in terms of recruitment, in terms of operations, in terms of financing. So communicate. Communicate more, help, support, and saying how it's being done, how it can be done, helping them understand, provide support, And recognize because I think a lot also will come a lot of the benefits will come from, you know, more recognition will also make everybody want to do it more. Wow.
0: Well, I must say, um, I'm thrilled, uh, you know, to have you as a partner (laughs) for the things, you know that that we're trying to focus on here at IOP this is really uh, so incredible so much information so Thank you, Sandrine, for sharing your thoughts with us today um, and your experiences for all of our podcast listeners. Um, It's a lot to to kind of um, take in. Uh, So much information. I'm hoping that anybody that's really interested in this topic and finding out how they can implement an impact 1st strategy within their own organization really Listen over and over to this podcast and uh, reach out to Sandrine. You know, if you have any questions, just come to us at info@iop.org at and we'll get you connected. And we'll make sure you know any questions come her way. She's going to be, I'm sure, doing much more presenting uh, within our Center for Social Impact. So thanks again, Sandrine, and thank, thank all you. of you out there for joining us. I'm we'll talking again you. Thank you soon. so much, Debbie. Bye bye.
1: Bye bye.